episode 363, The Rant, Izzy Serrano, certified basketball official, taking Northern California, the internet, and the world by storm. Better late than never, albeit a few months back, we chop it up with Izzy of his incredible journey comporting to become an elite high school and aspiring collegiate basketball official. In this pod, we discuss his love of sports, his love of officiating, the season that was, and what the future holds. All that and more, my conversation with Izzy, now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest live via Bluetooth on the Roadcaster all the way across the country in San Jose, California. Uh, you know, I'm in New York and it's like 28 degrees out here. He probably don't know anything about that, but I got my man. I try to go through his whole associations and, and there was just too many and there was too many acronyms, but I got my man. Uh, social media darling, somebody that just uh, spent a whole bunch of time on the court this year and I just saw, followed all his stories of all the success that he had within the officiating uh, community in the Northern California area for basketball, certified basketball official, Israel Serrano. How are you, my friend? What's up, man? Appreciate you having me on here, brother. Man. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Cool, man. I just, I, first of all, I want to apologize for uh, all the all the phone tag that we've been playing, all the DM tag that we've been playing, and it's been a long time coming because I definitely reached out to you many, many, many months ago when we didn't even have a season, so I apologize for that, oh, man, but... Um, how you doing today? All right. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, can't complain. You know, uh, family's healthy. You know, that's that's always important to me. I'm all about family. Uh, you know, I'm still blessed to be working. Uh, you know, I got income coming in, so I can't complain, man. Life is good for me right now. Yeah, sounds really good, man. And you know, I, I want to get into a whole bunch of different th- discussions and topics. But first of all, I want to congratulate you to all your success. You know, I just was watching all of your stories and how far you got for your, you know, state championships and, and all your high school games and your college games. So, you know, it was really uh, uh, an inspiration uh, for every ref to aspire to that, you know, you, you, you're you really working hard and, and you're really starting to see the the uh, dividends of your hard work. Uh, would you say that this was your best season so far? Oh, yeah, by far. By far, year five was uh, um, definitely the most successful, humbling, uh, appreciative season that I've had. 
uh, within a span of like four months, uh, you know, so many different experiences and, and we'll get into, you know, the exact stuff that I went through, but by far, you know, all the hard work that I put in behind the scenes and during the off season, uh, definitely paid off uh, a lot this past season. Yeah, that's really good. And, you know, I just full disclosure, we're taping this on March 28th. Um, the first time I caught win with you, I, I saw this wild video and it, it, it reminded me of like a basketball highlight tape and it was the referee. And I've always had this in my mind that I've always done this, but you know, I think for, for the, as long as I've been running referee rant, I've been completely afraid to like show my face and, you know, and, and I, I guess everyone knows my voice, but um, you know, I think it was a brave thing that you showed what we do. And, you know, I always try to tell coaches and players and, you know, I'm a coach myself on uh, in volleyball. I think that we never get a fair shake of like, we're normal people and, and we don't want to mess up. And, you know, we want to do the best thing that we can do when we want to present as good as they, and no one ever thinks of it that way because we're always like, you know, just the, uh, the, the people that we, no one thinks about, but um, how did that come about? Just putting yourself out there and, you know, did you think that there was going to be repercussions with assigners or, or just perception in general, or you, you felt confident from day one putting something out there like that? Man, that's such a good question. And to be honest, you're the first person to ever even ask me that question. You know, I was always so wondering, I, me, myself, personally, mm-hmm. uh, I was never afraid to do it. Right. Because I'm all about uh, taking risks. You know, why not? You know, if something happens, I'll get approached a certain way and then I'll handle it. But in, in the long run, that video that I made at that time mm-hmm. changed my whole entire career. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know it at that time. You know, yeah. I was just trying to. So, so to answer your question, I was trying to promote uh, our younger generation of officials. Uh, I was trying to recruit some of my close friends, uh, people around my age, because I would get asked a lot of a lot of times, like, why do you, why do you like to be a ref? You know, yeah. how do you get paid? Like, uh-huh. what's what's the you know what do we got to do to sign up? All this extra stuff, right? So I was just like, hmm, let me make something that's kind of like our generation can relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, see how fun it can be. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, I put that on film. And then what's the best platform, uh, you know, we use nowadays? Social media. Right. And I'm going to just put it out on social media. If it, if it goes off, cool. If it doesn't go off, I can keep it for something for myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it definitely paid off. And, you know, I caught wind of you. And, you know, just to piggyback of what you were saying, man, I was deathly afraid making this whole referee rant thing because I'm thinking, like, they're going to think I'm trying to steal the spotlight. But, you know, at the yeah. whole same time, like I went to graduate school for journalism. I used to write for a local paper out here. So like it's it's like in my wheelhouse. And I truth be told, I do that a lot more than refereeing. Refereeing, you only do maybe like two or three hours in a day. Um, but yeah. what, what I what I came to realize is that if I love journalism and I love refereeing, why don't I just combine two of those things and then just make referee rant where I'm able to share these stories. And, and that's why I'm really excited to connect with you because I feel like you're united in that front. But, you know, something that you just mentioned, you know, the genesis of why you made that video was because you wanted to inspire another generation. I'll give you a funny story. Every time, like, I'll be refing and, and everyone's like, why do, you, why do you like it so much? Because oftentimes when somebody's asking me about it, they think the money's crazy, no doubt about it. But always, they always focus on this, like, 10% of it is of the yelling part, right? Like they can't get past, like, yeah. I don't want to get yelled at, but I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's funny. You know what I mean? I think it's really funny when, when somebody's, yeah. yeah and, and I'm sure you could attest when, you know, somebody's, yeah, I'll give you a perfect example. You do an adult league game. Isn't that a clear path foul? I'm like, 
I don't see any, I don't see any NBA players here. You know what I'm saying? And, and they have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's like, I'm just trying to make light of the whole situation. But what I did want to ask you is that, you know, aside from making that video, if I was like an 18 year old, because you know, this is always often the, uh, the biggest regret of any official that they always say, I wish I started younger. How would you officiate that younger generation? Aside from the video, like what would you say if you had dialogue with them? What would you say to them to convince them? Uh, you know what I mean? It's a it's an opportunity for you to shine at a very young level, a uh, very young age. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I don't really know a lot of ins out ins and outs of a signing or or getting hired and getting a contract, but I know uh, youth is always uh, always good because you know the earlier you get in. Uh, the faster you can get through the fire. Yep. Uh, and what I mean by getting through the fire is, I'm pretty sure you know it, getting through those tough games, dealing with those coaches, getting that hostile player, getting that hostile crowd, mm -hmm. and living through it because that's how you get stronger and that's how you elevate. You know, the sooner you get through that at a younger age, your mindset will change 100% clearly, not only with basketball and officiating. A big thing about Refing it also changes your perspective on life oh, as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. The younger you get in, it's only going to benefit you in your own personal career, the way you handle your your own family, the way you carry your relationships, the way you talk to people on a daily. You know, it just it just changes your whole perspective on life, and it's only the benefit for yourself. Yeah, That's I feel another like, thing I would tell them. I, I feel like that whole regimented part of refereeing definitely compartmentalizes so many different things and organizes it in a way where you feel much more translucent, you feel much more patient, you feel much more confident, you understand what it takes to get to a certain spot, um, and you know what it's yeah. like to just always deal with conflict management, right? And so, you know, these, oh, yeah. these are all different uh, attributes that I see when, when, it, when it comes to those types of things. But, um, you know, going back to just, just, just trying to promote it to, to younger people, you know, I just, yeah. I, I find it so hard. I, I, don't, I don't know about you. Do you, even though you say those things, it's like most oftentimes people still want to play. Do you find that to be true when, you, when you're on the ground trying to convince somebody to referee? Of course, 100%. 100% because they're still young, that, you know, they're fresh out of school. Uh, they feel like they're still in their prime, right? They don't want to lose that athletic uh, athleticism uh, and be a ref because they, a lot of people, if they ref, they're like, you know, the older guys that, that can't play anymore, so they decide to ref to stick around the game. Mm. Um but you can also use the same platform to be around the game of basketball at any level. You can go as high as you want, just if you can't play. And and I'm a hooper because I used to play myself, right? Uh, and I still do at times. But you're 100% right about them wanting to, to play as opposed to being official. And that's why it's hard. Out of all the people that I've reached out on my video, uh, I've only been successful probably maybe one or two people that I actually got hired and got them on the court either extra cash or because they were really interested on in becoming a referee. So it's very hard. Like, you're right. Out of, out of like the, the amount of people that reached out to me on that video, as you know, it went pretty viral. There was only a very few amount, less than less than five, probably two people mm -hmm. that actually really took it serious and considered becoming a ref. But hey, two is better than none in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, at least you had a positive impact on somebody. And I will say, though, you know, I, I know that for myself, my biggest regret of officiating is probably not starting earlier, but who, I mean, who knew who would have known that I'd ref, but we always find that, you know, people start late in life because they go, Oh, I need extra cash and my kids are out of the house and, and now I should start refing. And, you know, I, I also want to tell the younger people and, and I'll just give you a perfect example. 
um, earlier this season, I was mentoring um, one of these one of these new cats that was trying to learn how to referee. And what I usually do in the beginning is I go, what are your goals? And they tell me, I want to make it to the NBA. I try to tell them and, and I try to be as realistic as possible. I, I, I'll say yeah. that there's people that are probably four years. And this was like a 25 year old guy. I was like, there's probably people that are, you know, five years younger than you that have already been to two NBA camps and then have a NBA mentor, you know, on, on their, you know, on their radar. So, you know, I'm not saying it's not possible, but I will say that if there's 350 NBA basketball players and there's only three referees as opposed to 15 players on each roster, that's a, that's a total of 70 refs in total in the NBA. That's just very tough. Now there's junior college, there's division three, there's division two, there's division one. There's a whole bunch of jobs in college. And that's something that's definitely a lot more possible and feasible and sustainable uh, moving forward. But you know, that's really awesome that you are united in that front of officiating. And, we, you know, we do love officiating. Uh, I want to go back to the beginning of the pandemic because I know that California and New York mirrored each other in a way where, you know, we were at the brunt and forefront of the whole shutdown and, and it just really spreading really high. Where were you in your yeah. officiating career when, you know, March 2020 happened and everything shut down? Um, and, you know, going through that whole thing, um, did it make you miss officiating? Did it make you just kind of like detach yourself from, from the game of officiating? Uh, it made me appreciate officiating so much uh, because I did it out of those seven days a week. I probably ref five because I would do games during the week and I would do AAU on the weekend. So basketball during that time was I was entering my fourth year. And at that time, I was kind of getting myself together. Uh, now I had mentors in my ear about potential that I had. But I didn't see it at that time, right? Because I, I, I was still young, right? Or younger in my, you know, up and coming. Right. Um, so when the pandemic happened and everything got taken away, right? You start thinking about things that we took for granted. We started thinking about, wow, I wish I would have handled it a certain different way. Uh, when life was normal right. before the pandemic, we took so much of officiating, like, ah, eh, it's just another game, right? And, you know, I'll just go to my assignment. But once we got, the news of our season potentially coming back, that made me that made me hit the reset button and be like, wow, okay, so let me appreciate officiating more. I'm going to elevate my game. I'm going to do what I can to prove that I'm going to be one of the best officials. And um, like I said, even if the pandemic, like it sounds kind of weird, if it never happened to me, I can't say I wouldn't be at the part, part that I am, uh, mm. you know, that I, or I can't say that I didn't have the success that I had this most recent past season. There's probably some truth to that because, like I said, I think everything got crystallized and the absence of it. I know for me, man, I got fat. I started drinking a lot. You know what I mean? I was making podcasts. I was living my best life. And, you know, it was months before even the bubble came on TV. So, like, I wasn't I was like nowhere near thinking about anything about officiating. But I will say I was getting down with the podcast and I was getting down mm -hmm. with all the referees that weren't working as well. Um, yeah. Now, during that whole transition of of, you know, a pause and then coming back slowly, and then wearing masks on the yeah. court, and then basically the way it is now. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time of COVID-19? COVID uh, you got to hustle, man. You got to hustle because uh, things can get taken away um, in, in, in any time of your life. Uh, you got to really go out and grind uh, for yourself, not only for yourself, but for your family um, and things like that because that pandemic was, was no joke. You know, uh -huh. A lot of stuff got taken away. 
um, and income as well, you know. So a lot of people lost jobs, you know, like basketball got taken away. And that's, if you, especially if you really officiate, you know, I'm not saying that I do it full time because I do have my own personal job, but officiating uh, through the season and AAU is all year round in some parts in California. So that's a lot of income that I, I missed out on. Right. Um, for me personally, you know, that I could use on myself or my car or whatever I had going on. And once that got taken away, I was like, wow, I got to do something, you know, I got to do DoorDash or Lyft or something, you know. Um, so that's definitely something that I, I needed to appreciate once it came back around. Yeah, once it came back around, I still was even like, I don't even know about refing. And, you know, I think I spent this last season, the reason why I was a little bit mum on referee runs because, like, I tried to, like, re-remember that I was a good referee and, like, I should try and improve my craft this time. So, you know, I really went gangbusters this year and try to do the best I can. But, you know, we're united that we are former basketball players and we officiate now. But, you know, you obviously have the love of a game. And having said that, just talk about where'd you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? <laughs> All right. So most of my uh, most of my younger life, I was actually a football player. I played football my whole entire life, all the way up until my uh, first year of junior college. And this sounds this sounds crazy, but I actually only played one year of basketball, and that was my senior year at uh, Prospect High School. Um, and that was the only real basketball season I ever had. Mm. But um, my younger life was mostly football uh, and baseball, and then I pursued my football career because you know I, was, I had a little I had a little talent, man. I'm not gonna lie, you know I love football. I was around him my whole life because my older cousin uh, had me, you know, playing since I was like six years old, flag football, pop Warner, and all that stuff. Uh, then I just took off because I was always like one of the fastest kids. Mm. So I played like running back and cornerback and stuff like that. Uh, and so after my first full season of basketball, my senior year in high school. Uh, I played a lot of basketball, uh, you know, at the park with my friends, uh, you know, just like one-on-ones or games to 21 and stuff like that. And I actually, like, really liked it, you know. Um, and I was like, man, I wish I would have played basketball <laughs> since I was, like, in sixth, seventh grade. But mm. I only really had one full season. Um, but then after that, you know, I did my uh, junior college at uh, San Jose City uh, football. played over here. Uh, you know, I went through some family things. Uh, I ended up stopped playing, you know, had to get a job, had to get a second job to help out around the house. Um, you know, I, I regret not continuing or completing school because I emphasize, you know, academics to all the younger kids and how you should, you should always try to uh, go back to college and, you know, take care of responsibilities and take care of schoolwork because that's always responsible. Um, but, you know, things happened in my life. <clears throat> At that time, I wasn't able to complete it. Um, and then I got a second job. Um, and then basketball actually came back around towards me, you know, mid-20s probably like I was 23, 24. And I actually got, you know, a couple of my close friends and we joined a bunch of uh, competitive adult leagues out here in uh, the Bay Area in San Jose. And um, I was playing adult league every single, almost every single week in like three different leagues out here with my friends. Um, And this is how basketball officiating came into my life because I was that type of player. And it's funny because I tell these people or I tell people that ask me, like, how did you really start officiating? I was that type of basketball player that I would complain about the officials, but I wouldn't, you know, disrespect them, but I would just ask basketball questions. Like, why are you calling that foul from half court when your partner is right here in front of me? Right? How is he able to keep the ball, um, but he's still moving his feet? Like, how is that not a travel? Mm. You know, why is that player taking that charge clean, but you just called a block? Like, why? Talk to me. What's going on? Right? And, you know, 
um, one day I ran into, um, and me not knowing it at the time, of one of my adult league games with my friends, uh, I ran into the association uh, boss, uh, John Green, and he was actually refing our game. <laughs> and so I was asking him a question, and I at the time, I didn't even know he was a boss. He was the one that was, you know, assigning games for adult leagues and junior high and AAU and all this stuff. And he pulled me aside after the game, and he was like, young man, hey, you got a second? And I was like, hey, what's going on, man? He was like, you're asking some, some really good questions. Do you realize the questions you're asking are like referring to officiating? And I was like, no, nah, not really. I'm just playing, you know? And he invited me to one of his local camps uh, to see if I would want to be interested in becoming a ref and make some extra money. And I thought about it at first, but it, I was like, uh, thank you for the invite, but, you know, nah, I'm not interested in becoming a ref. You know, I feel I, you, man. I'm still I feel playing you. with my friends, yep. you know? I'm having fun. I'm in the adult league. You know, we've been winning championships, become a second place. You know, we're competitive. This is competitive basketball. And obviously none of us are going to go to the NBA, so we all try to stay together and just keep playing, you know, stay in rhythm, have fun out there. Why would I want to become a ref? And now I'm on the other side, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but then he kept calling me because we exchanged phone numbers uh, and he sent me emails reaching out to me. So, you know, when people try to reach out, reach out to you and do things out of their own, you know, make time reach out to you I, I take that in consideration because he didn't have to pull me aside he didn't have to try to help me out and open a platform that I had no idea that would change my life he didn't have to offer me a job because if you think about it it is a job you do get income but you know he didn't have to do all that stuff but he did and I took that in consideration and his camp started it was a six-week camp um, I think it was like every Monday and Thursday for six weeks and I wasn't able to go for the first three weeks because I still was still undecisive about becoming a rep. But then I actually did give him some thought and consideration. And I went out to his local camp and I went into the fourth week and I went in there thinking like, wow, I'm entering this camp. I'm looking at the field. Who else is, who else is that of the competition or the other officials that are trying out? You know, we got some older guys, we got some ladies. I was like the really only one in the 20s. So I was like, man, if I could, if I can do this, you know, it's pretty easy. I, I, I know what a foul is. I, I understand the basis of the rules. He's giving me, you know, he's handing me a rule book. He's going to send me YouTube videos. Well, you know, how hard can it really be? And at the end of the day, I completed only three weeks of his camp. He gave me an opportunity to work some games. And that's how I got my foot in the door for officiating. When you got that foot in the door, and, and that's such a great story. And, and, you know, it's like you come to that realization like, especially when you go on the court, you're like, and I always think of this as, I remember when I was a kid, I was always fascinated of wanting to drive. Meanwhile, I'm like five years old. I can't even reach the pedals, but I'm thinking like, all right, when I'm, when I'm 16, it's going to feel like, when I first went behind the wheel, it did not feel what I thought it would be. What was that first moment like when you first got on the court and referee? Because, you know, just learning how to unlearn and not watch the ball is like yeah. difficult in and of itself. What was that like your first experience referee? Wow. So, the first time I ever stepped on the basketball court, I did a seventh grade uh, community center uh, league game. It wasn't even for a school yet. It was just like a, like a, because we have a lot of community centers out here that have like leagues for kids for like after school programs and stuff like that. Um, so I went out there for a seventh grade uh, community center game over here on the south side of San Jose. I was working with an older guy named Mickey. I'm never going to forget his name. Really older guy, but he was like, hey, I understand this is your first game. We're going to have a lot of fun, you know. If you have any questions, let me know. So I was like, all right, cool, man. I appreciate you. I'm working with somebody that can understand where I'm coming from. I get out there. You know, I, 
he's like, hey, yo, you want to jump it? And I was like, nah, man, I, I don't know how to jump it. He's like, just throw it straight up. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I got the ball. <laughs> I'm off the table. I come up to the kids. All right, here we go. Blow the whistle. Blue, you're going this way. Black or white, you're going this way. Blow the whistle. I toss it up, and the ball's in play. And I'm shitting. I, I, I don't know where to do. I, I remember doing those three weeks in camp, and I was like, okay, I'm supposed to go trail uh, opposite table. But what do I do? <laughs> I'm on the same side as my partner, Mickey, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know I'm in the wrong spot. Mm. So I have, to, I have to go straight across the court on the other side. Um, and then I blow the whistle because, to me, I have a foul, but I, I, I forget to even report the foul. And I literally tell the kids, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all looking at me like, what? Because when you blow a whistle, obviously all eyes are on you. It's either a foul or a violation or something. And I literally told the kids, sorry, I did not mean to blow my whistle. <laughs> Keep playing. <laughs> Where's that video Definitely. at? Oh, man, I wasn't doing no video at that time. <laughs> this is, I'm just like, you know, I was like, all right, let me just try it, you know? Yeah, I was man. still trying to see if I even really, truly liked it at that time, you know? Yeah, listen, I feel you, man. I, that's kind of like a similar story that I had with the game of flag football. That was the first sport that I ever officiated. But, you know, obviously from that particular moment, you know, going to that camp and then having that experience with that game, you kept showing up, right? What made you keep showing up and you know, when did it ultimately start crystallizing for you to want to take this really serious? So the reason why I showed up because, and, and I'm not, uh, you know, this is by far no, no type of race, racism playing or anything like that or, or anything like that. But I take a lot of pride in being, you know, Latino Mexican. Um, and I was the only, you know, one of my kind at the camp, you know, because we had a lot of uh, African-Americans and there was uh, a couple of uh, white people. And there was like one Asian person. And then I was the only one in the 20s that was Mexican. Um, so I went in there and I was like, hey, man, I can represent, you know, if I do this, if I take care of business and if I really show my worth, because I, I, I always work hard on everything I do. I have a very humble background and I was blessed to have a mother that, you know, trained me from once I was or raised me to be humble and always be hardworking. And so when I start something, I was never a quitter. I was never going to quit. So once I, once I went that first week and I realized like I can do this, that was my motivation to keep doing it and pursuing that camp because I wanted to show that, you know, I'm here for a reason and I can prove my work and I can prove doubters wrong, you know? Um, so that's why I stayed at that, uh, at that camp. When did you, second question is, yeah. When did you start taking it serious? <clears throat> um, I started taking it serious during the COVID year. Um, in year four, because even when I was younger, my first year officiating, second year officiating, and third year officiating, um, I was still in my mid-20s, you know, having fun, you know, not really saving money. Um, wearing joggers and, pants, not, you know, not, I, not, hey. not wearing the uniform, wearing whatever <laughs> Yo, sneakers. Had, hey, Ben, I have a picture I'll show you later, but I had, I used to have uh, braids in my hair uh, with the gold gold lockets on my hair. Which earrings uh, in? You know. I have a nose ring and an earring. I'll be wearing jewelry on the court, right? I would wear watches that time. Just because me, I'm just trying to look good on the basketball court. I mean, cool. yo, I, I never... I, dude, I feel you. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, it, it, it sounds very, very reminiscent of me. Like, <laughs> it, you're just like, I'm, I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to look like this. Like, I'm just going to yeah. let my, I'm going to let my uh, ref and speak for itself. And then everyone would be like, 
why why are you doing this? And I'm like, what is the big deal? Like, I don't understand why, why you like, it's got to be such a big, but then eventually it's like, all right, I'm going to shave. All right, I'm going to whip. And then, and yeah. then you start becoming that like, oh my God, look at this guy's pants. Like, man, I was wearing joggers like four years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yep, exactly. And uh, that was going to get to my next point of why I actually uh, cut my hair, you know, got clean cut, uh, things like that. Because um, in my year three, I had uh, a referee um, pull me aside after one of my games. And, and this referee is someone that I, I, I really value because he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And uh, he told me something that, and he's actually Latino. His name is David Conchella. Um, he's an older guy, works for our state association. But I'll never forget this. He pulled me aside after one of our games. It was a middle school game. And he said, hey, Ed, man, I like what you're doing, bro. You know, have you ever really thought about pursuing this? Like, you have some basic talent that not a lot of people have at your age. And I was like, nah, you know, it's, you know, I'm just out here having fun. You know, I'm just doing my thing. And he was like, hey, take it from me, man. Perception is reality. The way you look is how people are going to view you especially on the basketball court as a ref. And I'm like, wow, what is that? What does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what you're even talking about. He was like, have you ever thought about cutting your hair? And I was like, nah, man, I love my braids. You know, I, I, I love how I look. I grew my hair out. Why would I just cut it for basketball? You know, just think about it. You know, look, at, look at, look at how you look, right? There's someone walking to the gym, clean cut, professional shirt tucked in, you know, uh, black sock or black, black, everything, black pants, black socks, uh, black sneakers. And you look the part. You know, they're going to say, okay, he's here to handle business. Now you got a younger guy come in here wearing the watch, wearing jewelry, shirt untucked. You know how to referee, but are you really taking it as a job? Or are you just here, you know, you're just trying to take this for fun? You know what I mean? How does that look? Perception is reality. If you were to do things like that, that's only going to be eye-opening to the signers of, wow, Israel, you know, is actually putting in consideration that, you know, the professionalism of being a ref, you can control that. Right? Mm. Those are things we can control as officials, right? Doing what you can control is already almost more than half of the job. Mm. And at that time, I was like, man, what is this guy talking about? Fast forward to today, if he never told me that, I probably still had long hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long did it take for you to embrace the uh, advice that he was giving you too? Because, you know, a lot of people were saying that to me for a lot of years, but... You know, yeah. at some point, at one point, you're just like, you know what, what is what is more important? I think like what really changed for me was like, I used to have such beef with shaving. I'm like, why, why do we have to shit? Like, I got tattoos. Like, I don't understand why everybody on the court can do whatever they want. And then I got to look, yeah. I, just, I just never understood that. Like, I just always had beef. But like, who am I beefing with? I'm this. And it's it's like it's just an un, unwritten rule. Um, but then it's yeah. like, that's just like, yo, it grows back after. Like, it grows back after the season. It's not a big deal. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? It isn't a big deal. So then that's when I started doing it. But was it like a, a like a complete 180 or was it like a gradual thing that you started listening to all that advice? So at that time, I was not going to shave my beard because I was like, ain't no way I'm going to do that. I'm not going to take it that far, right? <laughs> so I did cut my hair, but I didn't shave my beard. Mm. Um, and um, I just, you know, it was just personal choice for me. Nothing against anyone that does, it, does do it or doesn't do it, but... That was when I entered my fourth year for COVID season, right? And, you know, I was doing a lot of training during the off season, getting into the rule book, watching video, digesting my own game, things like that, right? Because um, once this COVID season came back, 
that fourth year that I had, I proved my work to my signers of, of being able to referee championship games. And I was able to work my very first final uh, for our CCS uh, division out here in, in San Jose. And I'll never forget the, the, the crowd, the partners I was with. I still had facial hair at that time, but I was clean cut, you know. Um, and as soon as that game ended, I had one of another assigner who was a very top dog out here in our area. His name is Paul Clay. You know, he pulled me aside and he personally invited me to his uh, Paul, Clay, Paul Clay camp that he has every year. And this was his first one he was going to have in two years because of COVID. And another thing I wanted to emphasize with you is I'm not sure how it is in your guys' area or in New York, mm-hmm. but out here we had a big shortage of officials. Not a lot of people wanted to rest uh, because they were, you know, they, they were afraid of, of COVID, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they were yeah. I mean, they're... So we lost a lot of officials, right? A lot of people opted out or a lot of people decided not to return for mm-hmm. whatever reason. <clears throat> and so fast forward to today, if, that ne- if the pandemic never happened, the door of opportunity for recruitment for other associations and higher levels would have never opened for myself, right? I would have to do a whole lot more years, get a lot more games under my belt just to even get to my championship state final or even, you know, junior college where I'm at now. Uh, so once he invited me to that camp and I went to that camp, it was a three-day camp. And I'm pretty sure you've been to some camps. You know, these things, of course. You, 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 you think about it like, I got to pay this money to show up for three days and I'm not going to get paid anything in return. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can use that weekend to do like 20 AAU games, get like $400 to $600 in my pocket, cash, or I can go to this camp, um, get evaluated, get some mentorship. It's like a class, right? You're going to go to school. Yep. And, and take a risk on the benefits from it, right? But then again, we'll go back to how the type of person I am. I really take in consideration when people pull you aside and mentor you and take time out of their day to give you some advice, right? Because, again, Paul Clay didn't have to do that for me, but he did. And so I ended up going to that camp, and me not even knowing uh, one of the assigners for college is going to be there. And I was able to work some games. You know, it was a it was a tournament there for uh, summer league for high school out here. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, the college assigner pulled me aside and said, Israel, I love you. I want to hire you. Uh, but professional and perception is reality. What are we going to do about your facial hair? And I was like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to do it. But, hey, he was straight up honest with me. Right? Especially in college, though. If you watch any Division One game, you watch Mark Bandit, you watch the officials, any of them got facial hair? No, it's and a decision. You, yeah. Oh, you, so I was just going to say, it's, it's a personal choice, but, you know, perception is reality. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's really, it's just very inspiring to hear the things that you were saying because you're, you're just showing the gradual growth that you've had, you know, in this. But, you know, what once you start locking in, like all that stuff doesn't really matter because you're trying to just be the best that you can be. Now, I did want to ask, how would you describe yourself as an official? Like if you had your best attribute, I know for me, I got the gift of gab. I'm really good at game management. That's like my favorite thing to do. But, you know, some people's, um, calling card is their mechanic. Somebody is might be rule knowledge or or maybe play calling. What what do you think is your best attribute on the court? Um, I can control the game, right? You can send me to any gym. Um, I'm very very good at calming people down and talking to them when they're frustrated, for the sake of the game, right? I get I get on the same page with them. 
you know, I communicate with them. I say like one-liners to calm them down. Hey, say, boys, be a leader. Your team needs uh, for players, right? Or, you know, one-liners to coach. Hey, coach, hang in there. You know, we'll talk. We'll work it out. We'll be fine, right? I'm very good at stuff like that. There's other things that I say, um, but that's my attribute is I'm a communicator on the court. I'm a people's person. I game manage, and I give both teams an equal opportunity to win or they win the game, you know? Mm, mm. I like that, man. Now, you did yeah. mention Paul Clay and other people that have helped you along the way. If you can, I just want you to have the opportunity to list out any other mentors that you have, what they've done for your career, and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped people after you? Uh, man, I have a whole list <laughs> that I can go through of appreciation on different associations that I'm afraid to say because I don't want to forget, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but there's definitely people that I got to think because, again, it goes back to for people doing things, taking time out of their day for me, and they didn't have to do that, you know. Um, so from from today on, I do have my college mentor. His name is LaVon Dowie. He lives in Santa Cruz. He's a college official, works Division Two as well. Um, been doing it for a lot of years. And he's the one that also at that same Paul Clay camp, pulled me aside and really, really mentored me on, you know, becoming a, a, a strong official. What is it? What does it take to have accurate play call, play call accuracy? He told me something that is, is still sticking with me today. What is your play call accuracy? Are you 90%? Right? What is possession consequence to you? Right? And how are you a game manager? And I'm like, man, I don't, at this time, I'm like, Dude, that's a lot. I don't even know how to digest that. <laughs> and, Every, even fast forward to today, he's still on me on those same three things. But those three things uh, is what I use a lot uh, into my play calling today. Uh, so LaVon Daly is definitely someone that I'm really appreciative. Um, there's also another official out here that his name is Ryan Skate. Very top dog, uh, high-level official. He just worked the state final for men's junior college. Um, and ever since I've, I've heard of this guy, I've watched a lot of games on him. I never personally met him. Um, and so he, I went to that camp and I was like, man, Ryan skate, bro. Like I've seen so many of your games. I see how professional you are. You know, how do you do it? You just make it look so easy. Like show me, how is this so easy for you? And, you know, he's been mentoring me even to this day about demeanor, staying calm. And he'll tell this to anybody, go out there and handle your business. Mm. Um, so he's another official that, uh, is someone that, uh, I definitely got, uh, give thanks to about that. Um, you know, my assigners, guys that actually give me jobs, uh, give me game assignments. Um, we have the Ortega family out here in San Jose. They take care of, a, of the ARC league that I work for. And they didn't have to give me that opportunity for that CCS final that, that I got in year four during COVID. But they saw something in me that at the time I thought I was good, but, you know, it elevated me on, you know, my success. And, I, and the opportunity of platform gave me opportunity to shine as well. And so once they assigned me that CCS final championship game, you know, that that kind of was eye-opening on the next level of a crowd, of a crazy atmosphere. When there's a championship on the line, how are we going to officiate, you know? Mm. Uh, so the Ortega family definitely uh, opened the door for me on that one. Um, and like I also mentioned, we also have another association that's called Basso out here in, in the Bay Area. And that is our assigners, Mark Gray and Scott Calvin. These, these two officials are also college officials that – giving me opportunity to work certain games, giving me opportunity to work high-level games. Um, also saw things in me that I didn't see it myself at that time, will mentor me, you know, 
give me feedback, tell me what I need to hear as opposed to what I want to hear, you know? Mm. So that's something that is always good in officiating because we want to get better. We want to know what we got to do to get better. I don't want to know, like, what I do good. Like, don't tell me I look good out there because I made a good call. Scott Cabin will tell me, how was my positioning on that open look three? Was I in position to make that call? Or was I ball one? You know, things like that. Um, and last but not least, I got to give a shout-out to my guy, uh, Richard Johnson, who opened the door for AAU officiating. And you and I know AAU is a hustle. You know, that's a grind. Oh, yeah. You know, you that, that builds six skin, you know, a whole level of game management because you have teams coming in and out. Episode 363, The Rant, Izzy Serrano, Certified Basketball Official, taking Northern California, the internet, and the world by storm. Better late than never, albeit a few months back, we chop it up with Izzy of his incredible journey comporting to become an elite high school and aspiring collegiate basketball official. In this spot, we discuss his love of sports, his love of officiating, the season that was, and what the future holds. All that and more, my conversation with Izzy, now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest live via Bluetooth on the Roadcaster all the way across the country in San Jose, California. Uh, you know, I'm in New York and it's like 28 degrees out here. He probably don't know anything about that, but I got my man. I try to go through his whole associations and, and there was just too many and there was too many acronyms, but I got my man. Uh, social media darling, somebody that just uh, spent a whole bunch of time on the court this year and I just saw, followed all his stories of all the success that he had within the officiating uh, community in the Northern California area for basketball, certified basketball official, Israel Serrano. How are you, my friend? What's up, man? Appreciate you having me on here, brother. Man. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Cool, man. I just, I, first of all, I want to apologize for uh, all the all the phone tag that we've been playing, all the DM tag that we've been playing, and it's been a long time coming because I definitely reached out to you 
many, many, many months ago when we didn't even have a season. So I apologize for that, man. But um, how you doing today? All right. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, can't complain. You know, uh, family's healthy. You know, that's that's always important to me. I'm all about family. Uh, you know, I'm still blessed to be working. Uh, you know, I got income coming in, so I can't complain, man. Life is good for me right now. Yeah, sounds really good, man. And. You know, I, I want to get into a whole bunch of different th- discussions and topics. But first of all, I want to congratulate you to all your success. You know, I just was watching all of your stories and how far you got for your, you know, state championships and, and all your high school games and your college games. So, you know, it was really uh, uh, an inspiration uh, for every ref to aspire to that, you know, you, 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 you're you really working hard and, and you're really starting to see the, the uh, dividends of your hard work. Uh, would you say that this was your best season so far? Oh yeah, by far, by far, year five was uh, um, definitely the most successful, humbling, uh, appreciative season that I've had uh, within a span of like four months. Uh, you know, so many different experiences, and, and we'll get into you know the exact stuff that I went through. But by far, you know, all the hard work that I put in behind the scenes and during the off season uh, definitely paid off uh, a lot this past season. Yeah, that's really good. And you know, I just full disclosure, we're taping this on March twenty eighth. Um, the first time I caught wind with you, I, I saw this wild video and it, it, it reminded me of like a basketball highlight tape and it was the referee. And I've always had this in my mind that I've always done this, but you know, I think for, for the, as long as I've been running referee rant, I've been completely afraid to like show my face and, you know, and, and I, I guess everyone understands, knows my voice, but, um, you know, I think it was a brave thing that you showed what we do. And, you know, I always try to tell coaches and players, and, you know, I'm a coach myself on uh, in volleyball. I think that we never get a fair shake of like we're normal people and, and we don't want to mess up. And, you know, we want to do the best thing that we can do and we want to present as good as they. And no one ever thinks of it that way because we're always like, you know, just the uh, the, the people that we no one thinks about. But um, how did that come about? Just putting yourself out there. And, you know, did you think that there was going to be repercussions with assigners or, or just perception in general? Or you you felt confident from day one, putting something out there like that? Man, that's such a good question. And to be honest, you're the first person that ever even asked me that question, you know? I was always so wondering. I, me, myself, personally, mm-hmm. uh, I was never afraid to do it, right? Because I'm all about uh, taking risks, you know? Why not? You know, if something happens, I'll get approached a certain way, and then I'll handle it. But in, in the long run, that video that I made, at that time, mm-hmm. changed my whole entire career, mm. and I didn't even know it at that time, you know? Because yeah. I was just trying to... So, so to answer your question, I was trying to promote uh, our younger generation of officials. Uh, I was trying to recruit some of my close friends, uh, people around my age, because I would get asked a lot of a lot of times, like, why do you, why do you like to be a ref, you know? Yeah. How do you get paid? Like, uh-huh. what's, what's the, you know, what do we got to do to sign up? All this extra stuff, right? So I was just like, hmm. Let me make something that's kind of like our generation can relate to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, see how fun it can be. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, I put that on film. And then what's the best platform, uh, you know, we use nowadays? Social media. Right. And I'm going to just put it out on social media. If it, if it goes off, cool. If it doesn't go off, I can keep it for something for myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it definitely paid off. And, you know, I caught wind of you. And, you know, just to piggyback of what you were saying Man, I was deathly afraid making this whole referee rant thing because I'm thinking, like, they're going to think I'm trying to steal the spotlight. But, you know, at the yeah. whole same time, like, I went to graduate school for journalism. I used to write for a local paper out here. So, like, it's, it's like, in my wheelhouse. And I truth be told, I do that a lot more 
than refereeing. Refereeing, you only do maybe like two or three hours in a day. Um, but yeah. what, what, I, what I came to realize is that if I love journalism and I love refereeing, why don't I just combine two of those things and then just make referee rant where I'm able to share these stories. And, and that's why I'm really excited to connect with you because I feel like you're united in that front. But, you know, something that you just mentioned, you know, the genesis of why you made that video was because you wanted to inspire another generation. I'll give you a funny story. Every time, like, I'll be refing and, and everyone's like, why do, you, why do you like it so much? Because oftentimes when somebody's asking me about it, they think the money's crazy, no doubt about it. But always, they always focus on this, like 10% of it is of the yelling part, right? Like they can't get past, like, yeah. I don't want to get yelled at, but I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's funny. You know what I mean? I think it's really funny when, when somebody's, yeah. yeah and, and I'm sure you could attest when, you know, somebody's, yeah, I'll give you a perfect example. You do an adult league game. Isn't that a clear path foul? I'm like, I don't see any, I don't see any NBA players here. You know what I'm saying? And, and they have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's like, I'm just trying to make light of the whole situation. But what I did want to ask you is that, you know, aside from making that video, if I was like an 18 year old, because you know, this is always often the, uh, the biggest regret of any official that they always say, I wish I started younger. How would you officiate that younger generation? Aside from the video, like what would you say if you had dialogue with them, what would you say to them to convince them? Uh, you know what I mean? It's a, it's an opportunity for you to shine at a very young level, a uh, very young age. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I don't really know a lot of ins, out, ins and outs of assigning or, or getting hired and getting a contract, but I know uh, youth is always, uh, always good because, you know, the earlier you get in, uh, the faster you can get through the fire. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by getting through the fire is I'm pretty sure, you know, getting through those tough games, dealing with those coaches, getting that hostile player, getting that hostile crowd mm -hmm. and living through it because that's how you get stronger and that's how you elevate. You know, the sooner you get through that at a younger age, your mindset will change 100% clearly, not only with basketball and officiating. A big thing about refing, it also changes your perspective on life oh, as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. The younger you get in, it's only going to benefit you in your own personal career, the way you handle your, your own family the way you carry your relationships, the way you talk to people on a daily, you know, it just, it just changes your whole perspective on life. And it's only the benefits for yourself. Yeah. That's I feel another like, thing I would tell them. I feel like that whole regimented part of refereeing definitely compartmentalizes so many different things and organizes it in a way where you feel much more translucent. You feel much more patient. You feel much more confident. You understand what it takes to get to a certain spot. Um, and you know what it's exactly. like to just always deal with conflict management. Right. And so you know, these, oh, yeah. these are all different uh, attributes that I see when, when it when it comes to those types of things. But, um, you know, going back to just 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 trying to promote it to, to younger people, you know, I just yeah. I, I find it so hard. I, I don't I don't know about you. Do you, Even though you say those things, it's like yeah. most oftentimes people still want to play. Do you find that to be true when you when you're on the ground trying to convince somebody to referee? Of course, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, because they're still young. That you know, they're fresh out of school. Uh, they feel like they're still in their prime, right? They don't want to lose that athletic uh, athleticism uh, and be a ref because they, a lot of people, if they ref, they're like you know the older guys that that can't play anymore, so they decide to ref to stick around the game. Mm. Um, but you can also use the same platform to be around the game of basketball at any level. You can go as high as you want, just if you can't play. And, and I'm a hooper because I used to play myself, right? Uh, and I still do at times. 
but you're 100% right about them wanting to, to play as opposed to being official. And that's why it's hard. Out of all the people that I've reached out on my video, uh, I've only been successful probably maybe one or two people that I actually got hired and got them on the court for either extra cash or because they were really interested on in becoming a referee. So it's very hard. Like, you're right. Out of, out of like, the, the amount of people that have reached out to me on that video, as you know, it went pretty viral. There was only a very few amount, less than less than five, probably two people mm. that actually really took it serious and considered becoming a ref. But, hey, two is better than none, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, at least you had a positive impact on somebody. And I will say, though, you know, I, I know that for myself, my biggest regret of officiating is probably not starting earlier. But, who, I mean, who knew? Who would have known that I'd ref? But we always find that, you know, people start late in life because they go, oh, I need extra cash and my kids are out of the house and, and now I should start refing. And, you know, I, I also want to tell the younger people, and, and I'll just give you a perfect example. Um, earlier this season, I was mentoring um, one of these one of these new cats that was trying to learn how to referee. And what I usually do in the beginning is I go, what are your goals? And they tell me, I want to make it to the NBA. I try to tell them and, and I try to be as realistic as possible. I, I, I'll say yeah. that there's people that are probably four years. And this was like a 25 year old guy. I was like, there's probably people that are, you know, five years younger than you that have already been to two NBA camps and then have a NBA mentor, you know, on, on their, you know, on their radar. So, you know, I'm not saying it's not possible, but I will say that if there's 350 NBA basketball players and there's only three referees as opposed to 15 players on each roster, that's a, that's a total of 70 refs in total in the NBA. That's just very tough. Now there's junior college, there's division three, there's division two, there's division one. There's a whole bunch of jobs in college. And that's something that's definitely a lot more possible and feasible and sustainable uh, moving forward. But, you know, that's really awesome that you are united in that front of officiating. And, we, you know, we do love officiating. Uh, I want to go back to the beginning of the pandemic because I know that California, New York mirrored each other in a way where, you know, we were at the brunt and forefront of the whole shutdown and, and it just really spreading really high. Where were you in your yeah. officiating career when, you know, March 2020 happened and everything shut down? Um, and, you know, going through that whole thing, um, did it make you miss officiating? Did it make you just kind of like detach yourself from, from the game of officiating? Uh, it made me appreciate officiating so much uh, because I did it out of those seven days a week. I probably ref five because I would do games during the week and I would do AAU on the weekend. So basketball, during that time, was I was entering my fourth year. And at that time, I was kind of getting myself together. Uh, now I had mentors in my ear about potential that I had, but I didn't see it at that time, right? Because I, I, I was still young, right? Or younger in my, you know, up and coming. Right. Um, so when the pandemic happened and everything got taken away, right? You start thinking about things that we took for granted. We started thinking about, wow, I wish I would have handled it a certain different way. Uh, when life was normal right. before the pandemic, we took so much of officiating, like, ah, eh, it's just another game, right? And, you know, I'll just go to my assignment. But once we got the news of our season potentially coming back, that made me, that made me hit the reset button and be like, wow, okay, so let me appreciate officiating more. I'm going to elevate my game. I'm going to do what I can to prove that I'm going to be one of the best officials and, um, like I said, even if the pandemic, like it sounds kind of weird. If it never happened to me, I can't say I wouldn't be at the part, part that I am. Uh, mm. you know, that I, or I can't say that I didn't have the success that I had this most recent past season. 
There's probably some truth to that because like I said, I think everything got crystallized and the absence of it. I know for me, man, I got fat. I started drinking a lot. You know what I mean? I was making podcasts. I was living my best life. And, you know, it was months before even the bubble came on TV. So like I wasn't, I was like nowhere near thinking about anything about officiating, but I will say I was getting down with the podcast and I was getting down Mm -hmm. with all the referees that weren't working as well. Um, Yeah. Now during that whole transition of, of, you know, a pause, and then coming back slowly and then wearing masks on yeah. the court. And then basically the way it is now, what do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time of COVID COVID-19? Uh, you got to hustle, man. You got to hustle because uh, things can get taken away um, in, in, in any time in your life. Uh, you got to really go out and grind uh, for yourself, not only for yourself, but for your family um, and things like that, because that pandemic was, was no joke. You know, uh-huh. A lot of stuff got taken away. Um, and income as well, you know. So a lot of people lost jobs, you know. Like basketball got taken away, and that's if you, especially if you really officiate, you know. I'm not saying that I do it full time because I do have my own personal job, but officiating uh, through the season and AAU is all year round in some parts in California. So that's a lot of income that I, I missed out on. Right. Um, for me personally, you know, that I could use on myself or my car or whatever I had going on. And once that got taken away, I was like, wow, I got to do something, you know, I got to do DoorDash or Lyft or something, you know. Um, so that's definitely something that I, I needed to appreciate once it came back around. Yeah, once it came back around, I still was even like, I don't even know about refing. And, you know, I think I spent this last season, the reason why I was a little bit mum on referee runs because like I tried to like re-remember that I was a good referee and like I should try and improve my craft this time. So, you know, I really went gangbusters this year and try to do the best I can, but you know, we're united that we are former basketball players and we officiate now, but, you know, you obviously have the love of a game. And having said that, just talk about where'd you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? <laughs> All right, so most of, my, uh, most of my younger life, I was actually a football player. I played football my whole entire life, all the way up until my uh, first year of junior college. And this, is sound, this sounds crazy, but I actually only played one year of basketball and that was my senior year at uh, Prospect High School. Um, and that was the only real basketball season I ever had. Mm. But um, my younger life was mostly football uh, and baseball. And then I pursued my football career because, you know, I, was, I, had a little, I had a little talent, man. I'm not going to lie. You know, I love football. I was around in my whole life because my older cousin uh, had me, you know, playing since I was like six years old, black mm. football, Pop Warner and all that stuff. Uh, then I just took off because I was always like one of the fastest kids. Mm. So I played like running back and cornerback and stuff like that. Uh, and so after my first full season of basketball, my senior year in high school, uh, I played a lot of basketball, uh, you know, at the park with my friends, uh, you know, just like one-on-ones or games to 21 and stuff like that. And I actually like really liked it, you know. Um, and I was like, man, I wish I would have played basketball <laughs> since I was like in sixth, seventh grade. But mm. I only really had one full season. Um, but then after that, you know, I did my uh, junior college at uh, San Jose City uh, football, played over here. Uh, you know, I went through some family things. Uh, I ended up stopped playing, you know, had to get a job, had to get a second job to help out around the house. Um, you know, I, I, I regret not continuing or completing school because I emphasize, you know, academics to all the younger kids and how you should, you should always try to uh, go back to college and, you know, take care of responsibilities and take care of schoolwork because that's always responsible. Um, but, you know, things happened in my life. <clears throat> At that time, I wasn't able to complete it. Um, and then I got a second job. 
Um, and then basketball actually came back around towards me, you know, mid-20s, probably like I was 23, 24. And I actually got, you know, a couple of my close friends, and we joined a bunch of uh, competitive adult leagues out here in uh, the Bay Area in San Jose. And um, I was playing adult leagues every single, almost every single week in like three different leagues out here with my friends. Um, and this is how basketball officiating came into my life because I was that type of player. And it's funny because I tell these people or I tell people that ask me, like, how did you really start officiating? I was that type of basketball player that I would complain about the officials, but I wouldn't, you know, disrespect them. But I would just ask basketball questions like, why are you calling that south from half court when your partner is right here in front of me? Right. How is he able to keep the ball? Um, but he's still moving his feet. Like, how is that not a travel? Mm. You know, why is that player taking that charge clean? But you just called a block. Like, why? Talk to me. What's going on? Right. And, you know, um, one day I ran into, um, and me not knowing it at the time, of one of my adult league games with my friends, uh, I ran into the association uh, boss, uh, John Green, and he was actually refing our game. <laughs> and so I was asking him a question. And I, at the time, I didn't even know he was a boss. He was the one that was, you know, assigning games for adult leagues and junior high and AAU and all this stuff. And he pulled me aside after the game. And he was like, young man, hey, you got a second? And I was like, hey, what's going on, man? He was like, you're asking some, some really good questions. Do you realize the questions you're asking are like referring to officiating? And I was like, no, nah, not really. I'm just playing, you know. And he invited me to one of his local camps uh, to see if I would want to be interested in becoming a ref and make some extra money. And I thought about it at first, but it, I was like, uh, thank you for the invite, but, you know, nah, I'm, I'm not interested in becoming a ref. You know, I feel I, you, man. I'm still I feel playing you. with my friends, yep. you know. I'm having fun. I'm in these adult leagues. You know, we've been winning championships, become a second place. You know, we're competitive. This is competitive basketball. And obviously none of us are going to go to the NBA, so we all try to stay together and just keep playing, you know, stay in rhythm, have fun out there. Why would I want to become a ref? And now I'm on the other side, <laughs> you know. Um, but then he kept calling me because we exchanged phone numbers, uh, and he sent me emails reaching out to me. So, you know, when people try to reach out, reach out to you and do things out of their own, you know, make time to reach out to you. I, I take that into consideration because he didn't have to pull me aside. He didn't have to try to help me out and open a platform that I had no idea that would change my life. He didn't have to offer me a job because if you think about it, it is a job. You do get into them, but you know, he didn't have to do all that stuff but he did. And I took that in consideration and his camp started. It was a six week camp. Um, I think it was like every Monday and Thursday for six weeks. And I wasn't able to go for the first three weeks because I still was still undecisive about becoming a rep. But then I actually did give him some thought and consideration. And I went out to his local camp and I went into the fourth week and I went in there thinking like, wow, I'm entering this camp. I'm looking at the field. Who else is, who else is that of the competition or the other officials that are trying out? You know, we got some older guys, we got some ladies. I was like the really only one in the 20s. So I was like, man, if I could, if I can do this, you know, it's pretty easy. I, I, I know what a style is. I, I understand the basics of the rules. He's giving me, you know, he's handing me a rule book. He's going to send me YouTube videos. Well, you know, how hard can it really be? And at the end of the day, I completed only three weeks of his camp. He gave me an opportunity to work some games. And that's how I got my foot in the door for officiating. When you got that foot in the door, and, and that's such a great story. And, and, you know, it's like you come to that realization, like, especially when you go on the court, you're like, and I always think of this as, I remember when I was a kid, I was always fascinated of wanting to drive. 
Meanwhile, I'm like five years old. I can't even reach the pedals, but I'm thinking like, all right, when I'm, when I'm 16, it's going to feel like when I first went behind the wheel, it did not feel what I thought it would be. What was that first moment? Like when you first got on the court and referee, because you know, just learning how to unlearn and not watch the ball is like yeah. difficult in and of itself. What was that like your first experience referee? Wow. So the first time I ever stepped on the basketball court, I did a seventh grade, uh, community center, uh, league game. It wasn't even for a school yet. It was just like a, like a, cause we have a lot of community centers out here that have like leagues for kids for like after school programs and stuff like that. Um, so I went out there for a seventh grade, uh, community center game over here on the South side of San Jose. I was working with the older guy named Mickey. I'm never going to forget his name. Really older guy, but he was like, hey, I understand this is your first game. We're going to have a lot of fun, you know. If you have any questions, let me know. So I was like, all right, cool, man. I appreciate you. I'm working with somebody that can understand where I'm coming from. I get out there, you know, I, he's like, hey, yo, you want to jump it? And I was like, nah, man, I, I don't know how to jump it. He's like, just throw it straight up. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I got the ball. <laughs> I'm opposite table. I come up to the kids. All right, here we go. Blow the whistle. Blue, you're going this way. Black or white, you're going this way. Blow the whistle. I toss it up, and the ball's in play. And I'm shitting. I, I, I don't know where to do. I, I remember doing the three weeks in camp, and I was like, okay, I'm supposed to go trail uh, opposite table. But what do I do? <laughs> I'm on the same side as my partner, Mickey, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know I'm in the wrong spot. Mm. So I have, to, I have to go straight across the court on the other side. Um, and then I blow the whistle because – to me, I have a foul, but I, I, I forget to even report the foul. And I literally tell the kids, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all looking at me like, what? Because when you blow a whistle, obviously all eyes are on you. It's either a foul or a violation or something. And I literally told the kids, sorry, I did not mean to blow my whistle. <laughs> Keep playing. <laughs> Where's that video Definitely. at? Oh, man, I wasn't doing no video at that time. <laughs> this is, I'm just like, you know, I was like, all right, let me just try it, you know? Yeah, I was man. still trying to see if I even really, truly liked it at that time, you know? Yeah, listen, I feel you, man. I, that's kind of like a similar story that I had with the game of flag football. That was the first sport that I ever officiated. But, you know, obviously from that particular moment, you know, going to that camp and then having that experience with that game, you kept showing up, right? What made you keep showing up and you know, when did it ultimately start crystallizing for you to want to take this really serious? So the reason why I showed up because, and, and I'm not, uh, you know, this is by far no, no type of race, racism playing or anything like that or, or anything like that. But I take a lot of pride in being, you know, Latino Mexican. Um, and I was the only, you know, one of my kind at the camp, you know, because we had a lot of uh, African-Americans and there was uh, a couple of uh, white people. And there was like one Asian person. And then I was the only one in the 20s that was Mexican. Um, so I went in there and I was like, hey, man, I can represent, you know, if I do this, if I take care of business and if I really show my worth, because I, I, I always work hard on everything I do. I have a very humble background and I was blessed to have a mother that, you know, trained me from once I was or raised me to be humble and always be hardworking. And so when I start something, I was never a quitter. I was never going to quit. So once I, once I went that first week and I realized like I can do this, that was my motivation to keep doing it and pursuing that camp because I wanted to show that, you know, I'm here for a reason and I can prove my work and I can prove doubters wrong, you know? Um, so that's why I stayed at that, uh, at that camp. When did you, the second question is, yeah. When did you start taking it serious? 
Um, I started taking it serious during the COVID year um, in year four, because even when I was younger, my first year officiating, second year officiating, and third year officiating, um, I was still in my mid-20s, you know, having fun, you know, not really saving money. Um, wearing joggers and, pants, not, you know, not, I, not, hey. not wearing the uniform, wearing whatever <laughs> Yo, sneakers. Have, hey, man, I have a picture I'll show you later, but I had, I used to have uh, braids in my hair. Uh, with the gold gold lockets on my hair. Which earrings? Uh, you know, I have a nose ring and an <laughs> earring. I'll be wearing jewelry on the court, right? I would wear watches at times, just because me. I'm just trying to look good on the basketball court. I mean, cool. yo, I, I never... I, dude, I feel you. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say it. It, it sounds very very reminiscent of me. Like, <laughs> it, you're just like I'm, I'm not. First of all, I'm not gonna look like this. Like, I'm just gonna sure. let my. I'm gonna let my. Uh, Ref and speak for itself, and then everyone would be like, "Why? Why are you doing this?" And I'm like, "What is the big deal? Like, I don't understand why, why you like. It's got to be such a big." But then eventually, it's like, "All right, I'm gonna shave. All right, I'm gonna wear." And then, and then you start becoming that. Like, oh my god, look at this guy's pants. Like, man, I was wearing joggers like four years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, that was gonna get to my next point of why I actually uh, cut my hair. You know, got clean cut, uh, things like that, because. Um, in my year three, I had uh, a referee um, pull me aside after one of my games. And, and this referee is someone that I, I, I really value because he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And uh, he told me something that – and he's actually Latino. His name is David Conchella. Um, he's an older guy, works for our state association. But I'll never forget this. He pulled me aside after one of our games. It was a middle school game. And he said, hey, Ed, man – I like what you're doing, bro. You know, have you ever really thought about pursuing this? Like, you have some basic talent that not a lot of people have at your age. And I was like, nah, you know, it's, you know, I'm just out here having fun. You know, I'm just doing my thing. And he was like, hey, take it from me, man. Perception is reality. The way you look is how people are going to view you, especially on the basketball court as a ref. And I'm like, wow, what is that? What does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what you're even talking about. He was like, have you ever thought about cutting your hair? And I was like, nah, man, I love my braids. You know, I, I, I love how I look. I grew my hair out. Why would I just cut it for basketball, you know? Just think about it. You know, look at, look at, look at how you look, right? There's someone walking to the gym, clean cut, professional, shirt tucked in, you know, uh, black sock or black, black everything, black pants, black socks, uh, black sneakers, and you look the part. You know, they're going to say, okay, he's here to handle business. Now you got a younger guy come in here wearing the watch, wearing jewelry, shirt untucked. You know how to referee, but are you really taking it as a job? Or are you just here, you know, you're just trying to take this for fun? You know what I mean? How does that look? Perception is reality. If you were to do things like that, that's only going to be eye-opening to the signers of, wow, Israel, you know, is actually putting in consideration that, you know, the professionalism of being a ref, you can control that. Right. Those are things we control as officials, right? Doing what you can control is already almost more than half of the job. Mm. And at that time, I was like, man, what is this guy talking about? Fast forward to today, if he never told me that, I probably still had long hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long did it take for you to embrace the uh, advice that he was giving you, too? Because, you know, a lot of people were saying that to me for a lot of years. But, you know, yeah. at, at some point, at one point, you're just like, you know what, what is... What is more important? I think like what really changed for me was like, I used to have such beef with shaving. I'm like, why, why do we have to shit? Like I got tattoos. Like, I don't understand why 
everybody on the court can do whatever they want. And then I got to look, I just, I just never understood that. Like I just always had beef, but like, who am I beefing with? I'm this, and it's, it's like, it's just an un, unwritten rule. Um, but then it's yeah. like, that's just like, yo, it grows back after, like it grows back after the season. It's not a big deal. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? It isn't a big deal. So then that's when I started doing it. But was it like a, a like a complete 180 or was it like a gradual thing that you started listening to all that advice? So at that time, I was not going to shave my beard because I was like, ain't no way I'm going to do that. I'm not going to take it that far, right? <laughs> so I did cut my hair, but I didn't shave my beard. Mm. Um, and um, I just, you know, it was just personal choice for me. Nothing against anyone that does, it, does do it or doesn't do it, but... That was when I entered my fourth year for COVID season, right? And, you know, I was doing a lot of training during the off season, getting into the rule book, watching video, digesting my own game, things like that, right? Because um, once this COVID season came back, that fourth year that I had, I proved my worth to my signers of, of being able to referee championship games. And I was able to work my very first final uh, for our CCS uh, division out here in, in San Jose. And I'll never forget the, the the crowd, the partners I was with. I still had facial hair at that time, but I was clean cut, you know. Um, and as soon as that game ended, I had one of another assigner who was a very top dog out here in our area. His name is Paul Clay. You know, he pulled me aside. And he personally invited me to his uh, Paul, Clay, Paul Clay camp that he has every year. And this was his first one he was going to have in two years because of COVID. And another thing I wanted to emphasize with you is I'm not sure how it is in your guys' area or in New York, mm-hmm. but out here we had a big shortage of officials. Not a lot of people wanted to rest uh, because they were, you know, they, they were afraid of, of COVID, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, so we lost a lot of officials, right? A lot of people opted out or a lot of people decided not to return for mm-hmm. whatever reason. <clears throat> and so fast forward to today, if, that ne- if the pandemic never happened, the door of opportunity for recruitment for other associations and higher levels would have never opened for myself, right? I would have to do a whole lot more years, get a lot more games under my belt just to even get to my championship state final or even, you know, junior college where I'm at now. Uh, so once he invited me to that camp and I went to that camp, it was a three-day camp and I'm pretty sure you've been to some camps. You know, these things, of course. You, 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 you think about it like, I got to pay this money to show up for three days and I'm not going to get paid anything in return. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can use that weekend to do like 20 AU games, get like $400 to $600 in my pocket cash. Or I can go to this camp, um, get evaluated, get some mentorship. It's like a class, right? You're going to go to school Yep. And and take a risk on the benefits from it, right? But then again, we'll go back to how the type of person I am. I really take in consideration when people pull you aside and mentor you and take time out of their day to give you some advice, right? Because, again, Paul Clay didn't have to do that for me, but he did. And so I ended up going to that camp, and me not even knowing uh, one of the assigners for college is going to be there. And I was able to work some games. You know, it was a it was a tournament there for uh, summer league for high school out here. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, the college assigner pulled me aside and said, Israel, I love you. I want to hire you. Uh, but professional and perception is reality. What are we going to do about your facial hair? And I was like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to do it. But, hey, he was straight up honest with me. Right? 
especially in college, though. If you watch any Division One game, you watch Mark Bandit, you watch the officials, any of them got facial hair? No, it's and a decision. You, yeah. Oh, you, so I was just going to say, it's, it's a personal choice, but, you know, perception is reality. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's really, it's just very inspiring to hear the things that you were saying because you, you're just showing the gradual growth that you've had, you know, in this. But, you know, what once you start locking in, like, all that stuff doesn't really matter because you're trying to just be the best that you can be. Now, I did want to ask, how would you describe yourself as an official? Like, if you had your best attribute, I know for me, I got the gift of gab. I'm really good at game management. That's, like, my favorite thing to do. But, you know, some people's... Um, calling card is their mechanic. Somebody is might be rule knowledge or or maybe play calling. What what do you think is your best attribute on the court? Um, I can control the game, right? You can send me to any gym. Um, I'm very very good at calming people down and talking to them when they're frustrated for the sake of the game, right? I get I get on the same page with him. You know, I communicate with him. I say like one liners to calm them down. Hey, say boys, be a leader. Your team needs. You. Uh, for players, right? Or, you know, one-liners to coach. Hey, coach, hang in there. You know, we'll talk. We'll work it out. We'll be fine. Right? I'm very good at stuff like that. There's other things that I say. Um, but that's my attribute is I'm a communicator on the court. I'm a people's person. I game manage. And I give both teams an equal opportunity to win or they win the game, you know? Mm, mm. I like that, man. Now, you did yeah. mention Paul Clay and other people that have helped you along the way. If you can, I just want you to have the opportunity to list out any other mentors that you have, what they've done for your career, and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped people after you? Oh, man, I have a whole list <laughs> that I can go through of appreciation on different associations that I'm afraid to say because I don't want to forget, <laughs> you know? But, uh, but there's definitely people that I got to think because, again, it goes back to for people doing things, taking time out of their day for me, and they didn't have to do that, you know? Um, so, from from today on, I do have my college mentor. His name is Levon Dowie. He lives in Santa Cruz. He's a college official, works Division Two as well. Um, been doing it for a lot of years, and he's the one that also at that same Paul Clay camp pulled me aside and really, really mentored me on, you know, becoming a, a, a strong official. What is it? What does it take to have accurate play call play call accuracy? He told me something that is, is still sticking with me today. What is your play call accuracy? Are you 90%, right? What is possession consequence to you, right? And how are you a game manager? And I'm like, man, I don't, at this time, I'm like, Dude, that's a lot. I don't even know how to digest that. <laughs> and every, it, even fast forward to today, he's still on me on those same three things. But those three things uh, is what I use a lot uh, into my play calling today. Uh, so LaVon Daly is definitely someone that I'm really appreciative of. Um, there's also another official out here that his name is Ryan Skate. Very top dog, uh, high-level official. He just worked the state final for men's junior college. Um, and ever since I've, I've heard of this guy, I've watched a lot of games on him. I never personally met him um, until he, I went to that camp. And I was like, man, Ryan Skate, bro. Like, I've seen so many of your games. I see how professional you are. You know, how do you do it? You just make it look so easy. Like, show me how is this so easy for you and you know he's been mentoring me even to this day about demeanor staying calm and he'll tell this to anybody go out there and handle your business mm. um so he's another official that uh is someone that uh i definitely got uh give thanks to about that um you know my assigners guys that actually give me jobs uh give me game assignments 
Um, we have the Ortega family out here in San Jose. They take care of, a, of the ARC league that I work for. And they didn't have to give me that opportunity for that CCS final that, that I got in year four during COVID. But they saw something in me that at the time I thought I was good, but, you know, it elevated me on, you know, my success. And, I, and the opportunity of platform gave me opportunity to shine as well. And so once they assigned me that CCS final championship game, you know, that, that kind of was eye-opening on the next level of a crowd, of a crazy atmosphere. When there's a championship on the line, how are we going to officiate, you know? Mm. Uh, so the Ortega family definitely uh, opened the door for me on that one. Um, and like I also mentioned, we also have another association that's called Basso out here in, in the Bay Area. And that is our assigners, Mark Gray and Scott Calvin. These, these two officials are also college officials that – giving me opportunity to work certain games, giving me opportunity to work high-level games. Um, also saw things in me that I didn't see it myself at that time, will mentor me, you know, give me feedback, tell me what I need to hear as opposed to what I want to hear, you know? Mm. So that's something that I, is always good in officiating because we want to get better. We want to know what we got to do to get better. I don't want to know, like, what I do good. Like, don't tell me I look good out there because I made a good call. Scott Cabin will tell me, how is my positioning? On that open look three, was I in position to make that call, or was I ball one? You know things like that. <clears throat> um, last but not least, I got to give a shout out to my guy uh, Richard Johnson, who opened the door for AAU officiating. And you and I know AAU is a hustle. You know that's a grind. Oh yeah. You know, you that that builds thick skin. You know, a whole level of game management because you have teams coming in and out. You're there all day long, and he actually gave me some games when I was first year. Uh, and me not knowing at that time, AAU taught me how to <laughs> handle my business, you know, deal with different types of personalities because you have so many different coaches coming in, so many different teams coming in for a tournament. Um, and you can also make money as well. But it's a perfect opportunity to stay in rhythm during the off season for when we actually do have basketball season that comes up, um, you know, usually in November area. Or no, during the November time. So definitely Richard Johnson is someone that I got to be appreciative. And last but not least, <laughs> uh, I got to give one last major shout out to my brother who is, and he knows this too. He, he, we, You and I definitely know the emphasis of film, right? Yep. Watching the film on yourself is going to change you 100%. And my brother has been recording my game since my first, second year of officiating. So I literally go out to the game. And just to just to record the game, and just so I can watch, see how I look on film. Fast forward to today, he's still coming to my junior college games, even though I can get the film from the coach. He just loves to do it. He loves being a part of the game. He loves being there to support me, and you know he understands the officiating background because of everything that I tell him. And so, for him to still want to come out to my games, knowing that these games are going to be on YouTube, live broadcast, this and that, he's still there for me, you know, because I can get the film from him just like that. He loves recording, uh, so I definitely got to give a big shout out to my little brother, South uh, Toronto uh, out here. That's what I like to hear. You didn't forget anybody, now, did you? <laughs> See, this is why I was telling you, man. I'm scared, bro. Listen, I'm man, scared. I've done this so many. Th- I already know what's gonna happen. Somebody gonna text you like, "Damn, you need to." No one's like, "Yo, is really, man? Is I, I, let, let me give one more. Let me give one more. Go ahead. So I gotta give one one last shout out to my guy. Uh, there's my my guy Domingo out here, uh, Domingo. I don't want to say his last name because I'm probably going to mess it up. But people know Domingo out here officiating. He was one of the first college officials that saw my video that we talked about on Instagram, right? The first video that I made. 
and he sent me a message, direct message, and I didn't even know the guy, right? And I'm like, and he said, hey, man, I like what you're doing. When's your next game? Because I want to come see you work. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit, who, who is this guy? Like, why do you want to come watch me work? I don't understand. Like, this is just a video for fun. Fast forward to today, he's a Division two college official that I still reach out to though for mentorship. Uh, you know, he's also Mexican-Latino, so he also saw that in me saying, like, hey, there's not a lot of Latino Mexicans that are doing that at a higher level. This is an opportunity for you to shine. If you handle your business, if you take care of what you need to take care of, you take this serious, you can go really high. Right? <clears throat> and so I'm like, man, this is, I literally just made a video. That's all I did. But look at what it did. It opened the door for college. You know, open the door to meet assigners, higher ranked officials. Um, and like I said, he didn't have to do it, but he did. And so I'm appreciative of that. And we have a great relationship. We talk. Uh, so, yeah, definitely shout out to my guy Domingo on that as well. Yeah, I mean, Domingo really proves a point, too, that I think you and I have self-discovered through time of, you know, referee rent. Like I said, I was very scared to, and reluctant to put things out there about myself. But at the same time, we never thought about the positive benefits that you can use with social media, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, because I've always thought the perception of social media is like, oh, look at this athlete. He sent a tweet and now his his career is down the toilet. But if you use it for the positive sense, then, you know, a lot of good things can come. And case in point, we have a saying in New York City, we we like to pop out because you could be the greatest referee in the world, but if nobody knows you, then that don't mean anything, right? But people have to know you. People have to see you work. So the fact that you were able to put yourself out there and, and for somebody to see a sample of your work made you want, make them want, made it, made them want to take a step closer to you to see if you see what you were all about, you know, in person. Now, you know, having said that, how do you think all of these people, the meld of all these people, what you are today, how does that shape the way you help people after you now? Wow. That's such a great question, man. Such a great question because when you have something that you know, you can use to, Set someone else for success. Set someone else up for success. Use it, right? We're officials. We can talk about how we can train another ref to get better, make money, and get opportunity to shine. You can use that in everyday lifestyle as well. If you're, you know, you're a good painter, right? Why not show the next person that uh, next person in line? Like, why not show him how how well you are in painting? If you're a tattoo artist, and you see someone up and coming and want to be a tattoo artist. Why not show them, you know, little tricks and things that helps them out to become a tattoo artist? you know, engineering or whatever, whatever you have in life, right? This is something that I emphasize. And it's funny because just last night <laughs> I had a coach reach out to me asking me, Hey, can you come mentor my kids and, on how to speak to officials? Mm. You know? And I was like, sure, no problem. I'll go out there, man. I got respect for you. You know, you got respect for me. Why not? So I went out there and I emphasized the same thing that you're asking. If you have a player on your team, and you know, he's not as talented as you. Why not go help him work on his left hand? Why not? Why not? Dude, it's only going to benefit you and the team. So in officiating, when people reach out to me and ask me rules questions or certain videos that get sent to me and ask me how this referee called this thing, I try to humanize and be like, go ahead and ask him a question. Ask him a question. He'll be straight up honest with you, give you an answer. And treat us like refs or treat us like humans. We'll talk to you just like that. Mm. And it's just as easy. You can see the benefits of getting respect from all, uh, all the officials around you. When you walk into the gym and they know that you're coming there and the respect that they have knowing that Izzy's going to come do my game and they'll tell you thank you and appreciate it. Like that, that's rewarding to me. I get, I get, I, that's, that's why I kind of, why that's a part of why I work so hard because of, of the respect that comes with it. It's mutual. It goes both ways. Mm. And that's something that we can talk to people 
um, that you're up and coming and you're, you're wondering why you're interested in becoming an official. Um, you know, it, it doesn't happen just in officiating. You know, this is going to shape your life for success. You're going to learn how to deal with people. You're going to learn how to deal with people that are frustrated with you. You're going to understand how to handle hostile situations. When something needs to get taken care of, you know, we're going to take care of business. And you'll learn that in officiating. So the number one thing I always tell people about officiating in, in life, it, it, it's, you know, two-way street, very similar. And everything you learn in officiating, you're going to use into your own personal, unique style as well. Mm. Now, with all the success that you've had with basketball, I know for me, what keeps me grounded and also just fresh is that I do a whole bunch of other sports that makes me not think about basketball when the basketball season is over. I mean, I still do basketball, but you know, now I'm moving on to lacrosse and I'm moving on to softball and flag football. If there's yeah. another sport that you offici- would officiate, what would it be and why? Man, that's tough because I love basketball so much because we only got the four lines. You know, we in the court and we're indoors, you yeah. know? Yeah, I, I well, agree. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, sometimes like even for you, when you when you talk about how you love football when you were growing up, I would never tell anybody to do, to ref football because football is what one like one Friday night and and you could be sideways rain for four hours. It's not it's not as fun as as basketball. So you know sometimes your favorite sport doesn't translate to the best sport to referee. But what would the sport be for you, and why why would it be that sport? Um, man, such a good question. I want to say football because I'm such a football guy. But I'm just thinking about the, the field. I know me personally wouldn't enjoy it. Um, I'd probably say, like, man, if I could do another sport to officiate, um, I'd probably do baseball, be an umpire mm. uh, behind the plate or on the sidelines. You know, that's, it's, it's big, but, you know, it's not a lot of running. You know, we're kind of stationary. And I was a baseball guy when I was younger as well, so mm. I'd probably try out some baseball. Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I, I've been a baseball official for six years, and um, it's like it's like the cheat code because my eye speed, based <laughs> on just like the pitching going behind the plate, I mean, nothing's going to yeah. be any anything faster than that. So, like when when there's above the rim play, it's not nearly as fast as a fastball. So, you know, just something yeah. to think about. You know, and I'm not necessarily sure, yeah. saying to to do it for a and long it's time, funny but like I got ba- I got baseball and football guys in my ear. Like Israel, we know you're a good basketball official. Why not try? Why not try football or baseball? You know, I mean, why you not expand the like bag? You. Why not expand the bag? Izzy, that's exactly. all I'm saying to you. That's all I'm saying to you. And after everything you said, what are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a basketball official? Like, what did it take to get to where I'm at? Yeah, what do you think were the attributes? What, what do you think it took for you to get to this moment in time? Um, you mean, like, physical and stuff like that? Like, I mean, uh, just, just all the success and, and just your, your mindset, mm-hmm. all those things. You got to be ready for the moment, right? You got to be ready for, for you know, um, people to talk about you. You got to be ready to know how to handle when your name comes aboard and it's something that you didn't like, right? You got to be ready for it. Uh, you gotta have, you gotta be very mentally decisive. And when I say stuff like that, a lot of people kind of get scared away because they're like mentally decisive. You know, how does that mean? You know, because I'm, I'm all about big picture mentality. You know, and stuff like that that I talk to myself, self talk. I referee the defense. I'm in position. I'm in shape. I'm a people's person. I'm a, I'm a game manager, and all these stuff is just nothing but recipes for success. Uh, to where I'm at right now. Mm. And I'm not saying I'm done yet, but those are definitely things that help me, you know, get through tough games, hostile crowds, uh, 
dealing with that that tough coach or that hostile player. You know, that, that, that's my attitude right now. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go, and ultimately, where do you want to go as a basketball official? Man, um, I do a lot. I'll do a lot of video work. I do so much video work. You know, I do a lot of court on the court work. Uh, but I know I'm I'm the biggest self evaluator. You know, I got to get um, me personally. I'm not the biggest guy, um, so for me to get to that next level, I already have myself. Um, you know, I have a challenge for myself to put on more muscle, put on more weight, you know, get more into the rules, get more into the case book. So there's a lot of things that I know I got to get to that I'm going to get there. It's just a matter of time. Just like it was only just a matter of time for me to meet certain people. Um, and if I do it for the right reasons in the right way, I'm humble no matter what. I'm thankful for every opportunity that comes my way. Uh, you know, the only way is up, you know? Yeah, listen, I, I, I truly feel you have the right the right mindset when it comes to this business. Um, but if you can, if you could describe what is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a basketball official thus far? The stickiest? Yeah. Uh, working with a partner that is not as talented as me, that isn't as, as sharp as me, and both coaches realize it. Mm. Now, we can handle that two ways. I can agree with the coach and say, yeah, you're right, he's not doing a good job. You know, maybe he's got to get his act together, right? Things like that. Um, but give me one second. I'm just going through my garage real quick. Yep. Uh, one second. One time I had a game and my partner was having a bad day. You know, it was reflecting the way he was calling the game. Uh, things like that. And both coaches were like, man, what's going on? Can Izzy, can you talk to him? Like, what's going on? You know, and it was tough because we had a, we had a crowd. Game was good. Things like that. And, uh, you know, I pulled him aside and said, hey, man, I got your back, bro. Don't worry about nothing that's going on. Don't worry about what nobody says. I'm going to handle this for you. I'm going to take care of all the extra stuff. I'm going to handle both coaches' tables. Just do what you do. You know, stay in your primary. I got everything else. Because I, I wanted to make him feel comfortable because I knew everyone in the gym felt like he was doing a bad job. Mm. And I and me personally, you know, I saw some things on how he was working. He's having a tough day. He's going through things, right? Just like we're human. We go through certain things. Um, and in the long run, both coaches came to me after, after, the, after the end of the game and said, I don't know what you told your partner at halftime, but he definitely cleaned up the game towards the end. So we were able to get out of it good. Um, you know, it's tough because when you know somebody's not doing something well and you can, you have the opportunity to help them out or, you know, calm them down or get them back, you know, hit, basically hit the reset button for him. Um, and that's what I did in that game. And it was tough because if I had not done that and I just let him keep doing what he was doing, we, w- we would have been – and then they would have started talking about me. You know? Yeah, y'all both looking bad for sure. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to get out alive because we had a crowd, you know. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely something that uh, um, I'll never forget. Conversely, thus far, what do you think is your best moment thus far as a basketball official? CIF, North Carolina State Final this past season. Uh, you know, I was actually evaluated as well. I got some feedback uh, on on how I did and things like that. I don't want to get too much into that because I'm not I'm not about, you know, boasting my, my own ego or something like that, but I got – I got some feedback that I knew that I worked hard for, mm. right? 
and he told me stuff that, you know, were kind of marginal, small things. But I got, I went into that game ready for it, and I came out of that game knowing that, damn, I worked my ass off mm. for this one game. All the training, all the AAU, all the mentorship, all the video work, and the, the rules breakdown, and and the days that I spend just literally meeting up with people just to watch film on two plays, you know? It sounds crazy, but all that added up was was all beneficial knowing that I'm a I'm a I'm a Norcal State uh, final official, you know? Mm, I like I like the sound of that, man. Hey man, open in by any time you're in New York City, you can come and get that smoke, man. It's a lot different out here. <laughs> Hey, man, you know, hey, I'm a game manager, man. I'm going to go out there and take care of business. Yeah, I'm just saying, this is New York people are a lot different. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I know the basketball a little different out there, too, but yeah. hey, I'm ready for it. I'm sure you can handle your business, man. But I got two more questions, man. Basketball yeah. and officiating has brought so much in your life, man. What does it mean to you? What is it given to you in your life? Um, basketball has definitely changed my life on my everyday, everyday lifestyle. It's shown me how to handle myself, how to view myself. It really emphasized on controlling things that you can control as a human being, right? What can we control as a human being? We can control how we show up to work. We can control, we can show up how professional we are. We can control how we look, right? We can control how we manage our own money. And if you, if you view that as an official, right, it's all recipes for success. And it's gotten me to a perfect a point and a platform where I'm successful, I'm happy, I got respect for my peers and community. That same rules or that, that same morals and, you know, uh, training I've used in my life as well, right? I'm not saying I'm the richest guy. I'm not saying I have the best job or the flyest car. I'm actually, <laughs> funny, I'm actually carless right now going through getting a new car. Uh, but these are things that I use on my everyday lifestyle, talking to people, understanding both sides, right? A big picture mentality on life, and that's definitely what officiating has benefited me and in, in, uh, to my everyday lifestyle today. Mm. So now that the season is over, and, and you can definitely re- self-reflect and say that it was thus far the best, most successful season that you've had. Uh, what does the future hold? What is what is this summer looking like for you? Um, this summer is looking very busy, man. Very busy. I can I can always work AAU games every weekend because I'm blessed to have the trust. Uh, of all signers that I know out here uh, in our areas of Oakland, San Francisco, and San Jose. So if I want games, I'm able to call him up and say, hey, man, I'm free at this time. Can you help me out? He can literally tell me, is anything for you, man. You need these games? I got you. I got respect for you, right? So AAU is always going to be here for me on any year that I work. Um, But I'm also going to some higher-level camps uh, this upcoming offseason. I got some going on in Santa Barbara. I got stuff going on in L.A., I also have stuff going on in Las Positas, which is out here, uh, out here in the Bay uh, uh, as well. Uh, I'm going to be going to get evaluated. Uh, I'm going out there to represent, you know, be humble. And I'm going out there just to do me, handle business. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and get a contract if I can for a Division Two, or uh, you know, where anywhere I can work at. Right now, I'm currently just junior college men's official out here, and then obviously high school. But I'm definitely going to try and get the, the Division Two this year. Uh, and if I get it, cool. If I don't, I'm going to enjoy the experience of, of knowing what I got to get better at, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, even if you don't get it, which I, I don't think you 
uh, will be denied. Uh, just think of it as not yet, right? Because your, your time is coming. Continued success. And also, I wish you luck in all the things that you try to pursue in this game of officiating, man. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to leave some more yeah. meat in the bone so we could do a part two because I definitely want to see the trajectory of your career. But um, I thank you for sure, everything, man. Sure, man. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Yeah, definitely, man. I want to thank the podcast for also reaching out to me, giving me the opportunity to tell my story, you know, shed some shine light on how it, uh, on how it was on uh, becoming an official, how it can change my life, you know, giving the opportunity for others. If they're interested, the training and the mentorship is there, you know. Mm. You can always send me a message or reach out to someone that you might hear or know, and the opportunity is there. The point if you really want to or really want to pursue it. Um, and one last thing I want to say on your podcast, man, I actually have a documentary video that a documentary video uh, of me being mic'd up. It's actually going to drop uh, after this podcast is released, and I wanted to let you guys know first that uh, I'm going to be having a mic'd up video of me doing uh, a morning tonight. I'll be working a doubleheader JV and a varsity game uh, with my production crew that I have, and uh, that's going to be dropping real, real soon. I just want to let everybody know on your podcast that. Be ready for that one because we put a lot of work into that one. It's about a, it's about like a twelve to fifteen minute video as well. That's fire, man! I, I, I can, can I can I get a little preview before we drop that? Yeah, I, hey, you for you, you'll see the whole video if you want, man. I got you, man. It's I would love nice to see that, man. It shows how we are as humans, right? Yeah, humanized reps. Right? I'm a I'm an everyday person now. I got bills, and responsibilities, relationships, and family, all that stuff. And I talk about that in that video, and you know, I do things before the game. You know, handle, uh, uh, you know, I, I talk about what I like to train or what I like to think about before going into the game. And I'm driving in my car. I'm pulling up. You know, I got a camera crew with me. I'm mic'd up. I talk to certain people before the game. Uh, and then the, then we have the JV varsity game. We do a we do a pregame. We do a half halftime talk, postgame. All of that stuff is going to be in the video. And, this, and everyone will see the process of how it is to do a doubleheader at a high school. And, you know, how much fun it is and opportunity for you if, if people are interested, you know. Mm. I love to see that, man. Appreciate your yeah, time, man. Yeah, be dope. Izzy Serrano. Yeah, man, appreciate you. Anytime, man. Izzy Serrano or Ref is. This is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace. Yes, sir.